hey, we're all going to die. But don't panic. The coronavirus uh, is uh, is causing all kinds of problems. We've had two black swan events happening. Uh, it's called a bevy. When there's more than one swan, there's a bunch. They're either a wedge as they're flying in the sky or a bevy. We have a bevy of black swan events. We'll tell you all about that. Also, Obama's advisor says, don't worry. The party is the one that chooses the nominee, not the people. Oh, that's great. And Bill O'Reilly joins us. Coronavirus, the stock market, and the election, all on today's program. You're listening to... The best of the Glenn Beck program. This is the Glenn Beck program. Hello, America. Welcome to Friday. We have Bill O'Reilly coming up in just a minute. Also, we'll have more on the coronavirus, including the things that you're supposed to do that you need to do. If you don't have hand sanitizer with you now at all times, you should. And I'm not a big proponent of hand sanitizer, but the biggest Mm. thing that you can do is wash your hands. Mm-hmm. Wash your hands. Stay away from people who are sick. This is this is just like the flu. Uh, and in fact, the results of getting it are about the same as the flu. It's maybe 10 times uh, worse. I think it's 0.1% people die from the flu. That's still a big number. 65,000 people last year uh, that died from the regular flu. But nobody was freaking out about it. Because it's normal. It's normal. Now, this could be, you know, let's just say it is 1%. If the same number of people get it as the flu, then maybe you're, I don't know, maybe you're looking at 100,000 or 120,000 people that die. That is a lot of people. But you probably have a much better chance of falling out of a window that was put in poorly in a skyscraper than dying from this unless you're 70 or 80 and you have problems Mm -hmm. if you're healthy you probably won't get it the biggest thing that you have to or you you could get it but you you won't die from it um the biggest thing you can do is hand sanitizer we'll give you more on this coming up in just a second i think it'd be a good idea not to shake hands i think as a country we should stop shaking hands for a while because that's how it spreads yeah that's one way i mean yeah. being sneezed on too is another way but they say if you it's ba- it's basically hands and touching things going in and touching things you know they're already taking precautions in in certain areas like um at the missionary training center in, in provo mm-hmm. uh where my daughter is right now uh they're telling people don't shake hands don't shake anybody's hand don't bump their fist don't shake their hands don't touch anybody don't touch anybody so they're they're already trying to oh, what is this the mike pence rule Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. And it's he a really good Pence safety Scott has this rule. Just don't touch women. Just don't touch them. Don't touch them. What a freak. Don't fall into bed with your clothes flying off with them either. That's a really good safety tip. Uh, by the way, Stu, I want to get the r- results of the latest polls because things are changing in the polls uh, right now for Super Tuesday and for South Carolina. But I just want to play this because, remember, these are the people that... One man, one vote. You can, we can't have this crazy system where states 
uh, you know, they pull all of their people. And what about the one person that voted for Bernie Sanders? What is this stupid system that we've used for 200 years that has made us the most stable democracy ever in the history of the world? Okay, so here's the Obama advisor, former Obama advisor, talking about how this really works. Don't panic. Listen. Bernie is moving the goalposts. This is what people need to remember. Uh, the Democratic Party has a party. The party decides its nominee. Mm-hmm. The public doesn't really decide the nominee. The public gets to vote for President of the United States, but people who are active in the party, who participate in the party, they decide the nominee. Mm-hmm. Superdelegates are very influential in the party. Mm-hmm. Also, delegates are very influential. And just because you're a pledged delegate for Bernie Sanders or a pledged mm-hmm. delegate for Joe Biden doesn't mean when you get to the convention floor that you'll stay a delegate for Biden or Sanders. That's oh. a process. And so it is a process to to pick the candidate who wants to be the standard bearer for the party to try to win in November. Mm. And so Bernie got to understand mm. that process. And it's, it's a real ah. selective and detailed process. <laughs> in 2008, the Obama campaign from the very beginning focused on the delegate process because we knew it all was going to come down to the delegates, who's committed to you, who wants to be on your team at the end, mm-hmm. and do you really feel like they can be elected? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, I just want to repeat what he said. It's not the people that pick. It's the delegates that pick. Mm-hmm. Is that one of the most incredible statements you've heard? I mean, mm-hmm. from that party. I've known that. We've all known that. But from the party who is saying, you know, the people, the people, the people, they are the worst out of the two parties. They make by sure. Far. By far. By far. Those super delegates, the Democrats don't, or the Republicans don't have anything like that. Ridiculous. And it was put in during the Reagan administration because the Democrats saw that and went, you know what? A freak boy could stand up and change the party like Ronald Reagan did. The uh, the Republicans, we can't allow that to happen. So they have put in all of these measures to make sure that people like Bernie Sanders never get in. That's why Bernie is not going on the delegates. That's why Bernie is a revolutionary, because he knows in the end, the only way to get in as the nominee is to scare the Democratic Party and I think the city of Wisconsin so badly that they just are like, just go with him. Just go with him because he'll set everything on fire. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's just I, one of those things, too, where, you know, it, part of this is a level of, you know, it, it's there. The possibility is there. Like, for the, if, for example, the Electoral College, like, you don't those people could theoretically change who they, you know, the, who they vote for. Right. Like, if they're not it, it's a weird process. And there's some of it is just a technicality. Right. It, they're there's they're indicating it's more than that with Sanders. And that's mm-hmm. certainly what the Sanders people believe, that it's not just this technicality where, well, of course, they'll go there and it, they, they could theoretically change their vote, but they're not going to. If they start really doing that and they have their pledge to Sanders and start voting for other candidates, first of all, that's, you know, largely Sanders fault. But also, I mean, you're talking like, uh, you know, burning down cities like the, the, mm-hmm. the, I mean, we've already seen mm-hmm. you, I watched the open of your special the other night on Bernie Sanders, Glenn. We've already seen what people get can do when they get out of control and they're Sanders supporters. They start <sighs> shooting people at baseball fields. God only knows what the heck could happen if they started if, if he actually legitimately won this election and they tried to take it away from him in that way. Oh, I they're going to they be would, they'll be burning cities down. They're threatening right now. They will burn city after city to the ground. Uh, and and what are you going to do about it? And this, it's not just these free, a, f- a few freaks in the Bernie Sanders uh, campaign. 
there's a ton of these organizers that believe this stuff. What's worse is the people at the head of his party or the, of his campaign. They're all radicals. All of them are radicals, revolutionaries, communists. It's 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 interesting. It's why the moniker Bernie Bros is so ridiculous. No, it's they're more like Bernie Bolsheviks. Yeah, the, and we should treat them as such because they're everyone, frightening. Everyone should start calling them Bernie Bol- Bolsheviks. This Bernie Bros thing mm. just makes is it trying, sound like fun. Yeah, it's just oh, oh boys will bros. be boys. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's not like that. These no. are radical extremists. These are Bolsheviks, and they will come. They're brown shirts. And they will come Mm -hmm. and they will hurt you. As we have seen over and over again, the intimidation tactics. Look at how many Democrats who are prominent. uh, And, you know, I could I could name three of them right now. But that to me is enough to show you anybody who is feeling like, wait a minute, I'm on your side. How come you're beating me up? How come you're isolating me? Why are you why are you gang raping people uh, digitally? online and destroying their lives i'm a democrat too mm-hmm. you're seeing it with the with the culinary union in las vegas remember especially with vegas when it comes to unions that's the mob okay they're the ones that are the the leg breakers they are the ones that scare people for the union to be afraid of the bernie bolsheviks that should tell you something when they can come on and say, oh, yeah, you're a labor union. We're not afraid of you. Come on. Bring your baseball bats and your mob tactics. Come on. Bring it on. That should tell you who these people are. Yeah. Well, and he openly says it's a revolution. Yeah. And and then when you call him on it, he oh, it's a it's a it's a political revolution. It's a it's a voting revolution. No, no it's, it's not. not. No, it no, isn't. It's not. No, it's not. That's a lie. It's an actual revolution. Stu, what is the uh, uh, what are the what are, what are the poll numbers saying? I mean, they have turned in a major way for Joe Biden over the past couple of days. Uh, in South Carolina, he had a poll that was up fifteen, which was the first kind of sign that it had turned. changed a little bit. But you know, one really? poll you don't know. Huh. Yeah. Then he listen to this last batch mm-hmm. of polls: uh, Biden plus seven, Biden plus eighteen, Biden plus twenty. Biden plus nine. One of them has Biden only plus four. Biden plus mm. 17. Biden plus 28. Wow. wow. I mean, if he starts winning wow. in that sort of range, he's it could actually the, change. He's back in the know. mix. Are we seeing anything a, on the Super way. Tuesday numbers? Have you seen those? <laughs> any any new polls out? We've seen new polls out. We haven't seen a major change in them. Um, they've been relatively stable with St- Sanders with an unimpressive lead. He's leading in all of these states. Of course, the big thing is he's leading in California and looks really strong there. And oh, there's like so California many, is insane. Uh, wow. And it's so big. But I there's mean, so many there's delegates. so many delegates there. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the way that they, they run these things with running them proportionally, it's hard to rack up a big lead unless you're winning state after state after state after state. You know, Biden is close enough in some of these states that if he has a big win uh, in South Carolina tomorrow, there's a chance that he can make an impact in these states. Some of them have a lot of early voting, which is going to hurt him. But bottom line is, you know, if if he can run up, um, stay close and just 
get a lot of delegates and show that he can be the moderate lane alternative to Sanders, he's got a chance to actually continue this thing, which is surprising mm-hmm. after the first couple of states. I mean, it looked like I, I thought there was a chance he might drop out after New Hampshire yeah, with a fifth place so finish. Well, that's so yeah, true. And here he is making. I mean, if well, he really does this, he got the the big uh, endorsement yesterday. If he can make a you know a double digit 15, 20 point win, that that could change the tide enough for him to stay in this thing for a while, and enough to at least make it to a brokered convention that is not so definitive in Bernie Sanders' favor. You know what I mean? If mm-hmm. if he sweeps on Super Tuesday, he's forty percent there. Uh, and that's well, yeah, that, the 40 percent of the delegates are out there. Yeah. yeah, that's I mean, he's he he's going to any candidate that gets over 15 percent is going to get some delegates. So he's not going to get that high, but he'll he could open up a big enough lead that, you know, the only person who's going to be able to have a chance to stop him would be Bloomberg because everyone else is not going to be they're not going to be able to raise any money. So yeah. Bloomberg's the only person who's going to be able to do anything. And look, the, the Democrats don't want Bloomberg quite clearly. They could deal with Biden if he could just learn how to speak again. Um, I but, think you know, you're Bloomberg, going to find want. you're going to find half the Democrats, hopefully more than half the Democrats, suddenly finding a newfound love and tongue kiss Michael Bloomberg all over uh, to, to because they, if they see him as the block to Bernie Sanders, the others are going to fall right in line. I mean, Wouldn't you're going to have, a, lot to of have a, a totalitarian block to the socialist. <laughs> Oh, what a great party. What a party. Yeah. That's fun. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program, and we really want to thank you for listening. Welcome, sir. How are you? I'm all right. Um, you know, I'm just trying to absorb everything in a calm, methodical yeah. manner. You know me. Yep, me too. I, You know, I feel strangely calm, which is not good uh, when it comes for me, because uh, that usually means, oh, crap, it's about to hit the fan. Um, but I, I don't think that this is going to pile up bodies in the streets that we're not going to be able to bury, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I do, I am very concerned about the economic instability just because of the effect that the lack of global trade is going to have. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I I mean, I think that the economy is going to now uh, stall for a little while and uh, until this virus thing is clearer, gets defined in a more clear way. But I agree with you. It's not the bubonic plague. It's not Ebola. Um, even if people contract it, uh, they aren't going to die unless they're old and, and their immune system shot. Um, I mean, you are so, in the I don't mean this to be. Look, I have uh, autoimmune disorder. Uh, you know, I'm 55, 55, 56 years old. Uh, so I'm kind of on the edge. You age wise, you're in good health, but you age wise are closer to the target. Um, does it does does it affect you any differently? Because are you doing anything? I mean, Bernie Sanders is a guy who's shaking hands all the time, speaking to crowds, has a heart problem and is in his 70s. I mean, that's he's doing. He's got all of them against him, everything against him. Yeah, I haven't changed any part of my lifestyle at all. I'm not afraid of getting coronavirus. Yeah. I don't feel well, healthy. that 
the contagion is in the United States and seeking me out. So I do where I'm going to see the Islanders play the Bruins tomorrow. Um, You know, and I tell everyone, you don't panic. And, you know, you're seeing panic now in, in the stock market. You're seeing it. So it's pretty terrible, isn't it? And you don't want to participate or be panicked. Now, that doesn't mean you shouldn't be cautious. Um, I wouldn't, you know, I go to mass every Sunday. Well, you used to shake hands. So you have a little part in the mass where you wish peace and shake it. Well, the church basis says, well, you don't have to do that anymore. You can just wave at the people. Right. Okay, that's right. fine. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Um, but at this point, I told my listeners I signed on uh, BillOReilly.com the way to handle it is not to participate in the panic. Yes. You, know, you don't have to participate in that. Yes. I mean, if you want to go in and, and buy um, 18,000 cans of Franks and beans, I, I'm not going to stop you, but I don't know if that's a great investment. So just live your life and you know pray for the people who contract it. And I believe that it will um, settle down fairly quickly, and then by summer it, it will be um, not a day-to-day factor. This is my belief. I could be wrong, but that's how I see it. Okay. Um, there's, I, I think, that, you know, I keep telling my family, Bill, we're going on a cruise in four weeks. And, you know, I keep getting calls. Are we going to go? Are we going to go? I don't know. Right now, yeah, we, we're not going to Italy. Um, you know, that's off the board. I don't know. I know that in four weeks, so much could happen that it'll be very, very clear uh, on what's what's happening. So there's no reason to, you know, I said yesterday when it comes to travel, you know, I have a friend who said, I don't know if I want to go to Disney World. And I said, well, wait until the last minute to decide. And he's like, yeah, I have to leave tonight. <laughs> I said, well, then you have to decide whether you're going to go or not. But you don't you, if you have plans for now, you know, or, or a few weeks from now, a couple of months from now, you know, over the summer, don't change anything. Don't change anything because you don't know. And the answer yeah, will be Yeah. And, and look, these are personal decisions that people have to make. Yes. And I would never tell anybody take the trip or not take uh, the no, trip. No, I agree. All I can tell you is what I'm going to do. Yeah. All right. So I'm taking it day by day. And if it's Wednesday and things are calm, then I'm going on the trip. Right. If, if five people are dead in my street and there's a cart throwing <laughs> them in the cart. Bring out the dead. Yeah. Right. I may, I may then <laughs> You may say, did anybody buy Franks and beans on the street? You might say that. Um, you know, I, there's a little guy going around with a little cart. Yeah. They used to sell hot dogs. Now they're selling freeze-dried food. Right. So <laughs> right. You can, so, you can adjust. And strangely, my dog society. is missing. Yes. Right. Yes. I got it. I got it. Okay. Right. Um, all right. So can we talk a little bit about the stock market? You say this is panic. You don't think that there's, uh, I mean, what is what is happening just even because of panic? These companies are looking at it and saying, all right. For instance, the Daniel Craig movie. This is just one. The Daniel Craig movie coming out. Um, I think they're actually talking about moving the opening. 
Um, and this is what really pisses me off about the coronavirus. I mean, my children could die. Okay, that's bad. But you're delaying the James Bond movie. It's the last one with Daniel Craig. Um, the uh, uh, the they're saying now this could be a box office disaster because people may not want to go to the movie theaters. That's just a chain of events that now the the restaurants are going down. So all of these companies are having to come back and say, hey, our 2020 predictions or, or projections, we need to lower those expectations. And that is probably wise, don't you think? I don't know if it's wise. I mean, uh, if I'm running a company, and I am, um, BillOReilly.com, I'm, I'm basically doing what I always do, and I'm applying a discipline to the presentation. The only thing I've done is um, printed up masks, facial masks, with BillOReilly.com on them, <laughs> so you can put them across your nose, and then I get a little advertising. Right. Sure, um, sure. You know, you always don't think I haven't thought of that. Society. <laughs> Uh, but look, if, if the dopey people, uh, that are putting out the James Bond movie want to delay it cause they don't think people are going to go to the movies. I think that's a little extreme. You know, I think as you just said, you wait and you see what is going to happen. Remember Ebola, everybody was going to die oh, yeah, yeah. Ebola. And, and that was, and then all of a sudden, uh, a month later was, well, where's the Ebola? Right. Um, you know, hopefully that'll happen here. Yep. Same thing will happen. Um, so, yes, will it be epi- ep- economic repercussions? There will be. I hope they're not severe. The, um, people have to live. The economy's strong in the United States. Uh, consumers have money in their pockets. Um, and let's just hope that this thing subsides quickly so it isn't the damage doesn't affect the country negatively. Let's talk about the country and the, what the president did this week. Um, I, he has okayed money. Romney, of course, says not enough. Uh, Democrats, of course, are saying not enough. Uh, I mean, nobody knows what the number is. Not enough. I know the military is now being considered to be moved in to help uh, things like masks, making masks. 3M is stretched to the limit. There are just the people who make the the stretchy rubber, you know, band thing on the back. They're in 24/7 production right now for those masks. They're way behind in production, and the government is seemingly moving to get things done. We're the most prepared in the world. What can the president do and how bad is this going to get politically with people that will shamefully use this against him? Well, I think the last sentence that you just said is the, is what people should look at. I mean, it seems to me the uh, federal government is responding in an appropriate way at this point. Um, you know that the Trump hate brigades want the economy to be bad. They do that, and they say, oh, this might be a good opportunity for the economy to tank, and then Trump won't be there anymore. We'll get him out. That's absolutely in play. That's pretty nasty, I think. Yeah, it is. This is a it's happening. This is a national. You see it. Yeah, this is a possible national. Um, this is a September 11th, if it turns into anything. Yeah, everybody should be working together right now. Right. He had a press conference. He was lucid in the press conference. 
Pence is in charge of overall, uh, you know, observation, oversight on it. I think the health people were very uh, articulate. They think they understand what's happening. Um, it looks like everything's in place. I mean, I have to tell you, I don't care what Mitt Romney says no, at know. all. No, neither do I. Mitt Romney has now gone into the Chuck Schumer category. He's in that category where whatever he says doesn't matter to me because I don't believe a word of it. Mm-hmm. I don't believe anything Mitt Romney says at this point in history. Nothing. So you can go blank yourself, Mitt. And I liked him in the past. I went to a Red Sox game with him a few years ago and his family. But right now, he's not looking out for me. He's not looking out for the country. He's looking out for this crazy obsession he has to hurt Donald Trump. All right, let's switch. So at this point, politics is politics. And people should accept the fact that the Trump haters are happy that he might get hurt by this. And they're not going to cooperate or tell you the truth. If you think you're going to put CNN on and get the truth about yeah. the coronavirus, you're insane. That's really just such a dangerous time. Such a dangerous right. time to not have trust in, in institutions and, so and, and You go media. to The Blaze or you go to BillOReilly.com, yeah. and we're going to tell you the truth. All right. I don't, look, I'm never going to spin anything that has to do with public health. Ever. Yeah. All right, so there it is. At least in this country, you have options. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck Program. Um, but I'll get through it quickly. Ready? Yes. Used to be we were a united country socially. So everybody watched Bonanza. Yes. Ed Sullivan, Mary right. Tyler Moore, right. MASH. Right. All right? Mm-hmm. Everybody watch it. Everybody listen to the same music on AM radio. The Beatles, Elvis, and all the groups that came in. Sang the same songs went to the same movies, The Godfather, The Graduate, whatever it may be. So there was an an adhesive socially that bound us together, a cultural adhesive. Gone. Now we are a tribal country, divided into segments that we pursue our interests with other people in the same tribe. And we can do that by the... Social media, by the handheld machines, by the computers. So we can link up fast with people who have the same narrow agenda or interest that we have. It might be coin collecting. It might be kite flying. It might be the Kansas City Royals baseball team. That has now extended into politics, where it used to be there were two parties. There was the Republican Party. I like Ike, Richard Nixon, George W. Bush, and the Democratic Party, JFK, Lyndon Johnson. Now, that's gone. There are two parties, but within the parties, 
there are different tribes. There are the ultra-right-wing conservatives of the Republican Party. Then there's the Mitt Romney crew inside the I say that as a moderate Republican. Then there are actually liberal Republicans who believe in fiscal responsibility but want to smoke pot all day long. All right? Then in the Democratic Party, you have more tribes. It's like living in the Balkans. All right? You have the communists and then the democratic socialists and then the people who used to like Hubert Humphrey. They're still around. Now, because of the social media, the most vicious tribe wins. And I'm going to make an analogy to my book, Killing Crazy Horse. The most vicious Indian tribe ruled. There were hundreds of Indian tribes. Some of them were nice, but they didn't rule. So within the Democratic Party, there's the vicious communist socialist hate America crew. And they have backed Bernie Sanders. And if you criticize Bernie Sanders, this vicious crew, dubbed the Bernie Bros, will tear your throat out, literally, on social media. Bernie Sanders has inhibited all the other Democratic candidates. They fear him and the Bernie Bros, Mm -hmm. which is why they haven't gone after him, as you would have seen previously. Right. So the media, which is part of the tribalism, backs the most progressive liberal agenda you can find. But they don't they know that Sanders can't beat Trump because when the election happens, it'll be like the Super Bowl. Then Americans will come together one of the few times and participate in Voting, just like participating in watching the game. All right. The next day, they'll go back to their different individual tribes. But Mm -hmm. for 24 hours, they'll do what they've always done. And they're not going to vote for Bernie Sanders, because if you think the stock market is bad this week, this isn't even close to what would happen if Bernie Sanders were ever elected president. So all the things that you have worked hard for. All of your investments, 401k, college fund, whatever it may be, will evaporate before your eyes if the socialists ever take power in this country. Because companies will move out, capital will move out, and it can't be replaced by anything. Bernie Sanders is a dangerous, foolish man. There's your analysis. Okay, so what? Let me play this clip from a former Obama advisor, and uh, tell me what you think this means. Watch, watch the uh, video. Listen to this. Bernie is moving the goalposts. This is what people need to remember: Uh, the Democratic Party has a party. The party decides its nominee. The public doesn't really decide the nominee. The public gets to vote for president of the United States, but people who are active in the party, who participate in the party, they decide the nominee. Superdelegates are very influential in the party. Also, delegates are very influential. And just because you're a pledged delegate for Bernie Sanders or a pledged delegate for Joe Biden doesn't mean when you get to the convention floor, 
that you'll stay a delegate for Biden or Sanders. That's a process. And so it is a process to to pick the candidate who wants to be the standard bearer for the party to try to win in November. And so Bernie got to understand that process. And it's, it's a real selective and detailed process. In 2008, the Obama campaign from the very beginning focused on the delegate process because we knew it all was going to come down to the delegates who's committed to you, who wants to be on your team at the end. And do you really feel like they can be elected? So he's here he is saying that it's not the people that are going to elect the nominee. Forget about the people. It's the delegates. We know this to be true for the party that says, ah, oh, one person, one vote. They don't believe in that when it comes to their own party. Are you reading into that? He's saying, you know, don't worry about Bernie Sanders. The party is going to eliminate him in the end. Well, I mean, that's what he wants to happen. Will it happen? That's going to be up to the voters. So he's misleading you in the sense that the voters don't have any power. They do. But Bernie's going to have to get 1,991 delegates if he wants to secure the nomination uh, before the convention in Milwaukee. Is he going to do that? I don't think so. I think he'll be ahead, but I don't think he'll get the 1,991. Maybe if California, which is really, really a crazy place at this point in history, maybe. But if Bernie doesn't go in, the signal is being sent that we're not going to make him the nominee. Mm. We, the Democratic Party, the people who really run it, Podesta, Rahm Emanuel, these people, we're not going to give it to him because we know he can't beat Trump. So that's what you just heard. So I saw a story today, and this happens all the time, uh, as far as I know, with special forces. Uh, special forces, especially at Fort Bragg, they they use the community and they do these war games all the time, whether the community knows about it or not. I'm sure they do, but they they do these war games in the community because you're now having to learn guerrilla warfare where they're w- w- the news came out today that at Fort Bragg, they are putting the community on notice that you're going to hear sounds of bombs and everything else, but it's not actual bombs. There's no bullets. There's no live fire. There's nothing, but we are, you're going to see people sometimes dressed as civilians, sometimes military, just look for the Brown armband because that means they're part of this, this test, but they're looking to uh, do something quote, unconventional. And when I saw that, I thought it was interesting that it was unconventional because I, I think part of this, uh, I, I at least I hope, is looking into what's going to happen in Milwaukee. They're already threatening. If Bernie doesn't get it, they're going to burn Milwaukee to the ground. Uh, and uh, I mean, are you do you feel the government is is uh, going to prepare differently for maybe this summer than, than they have before? First of all, I don't think the Bernie bros have the numbers to do anything like happened in 1968. Were you there so, in Chicago in 68, Bill? No, I was not there, but I was cognizant okay. of what was happening. Yeah. Um, and I followed it. Um, I know you want to portray me as a very ancient person. No, I didn't mean it that I'm way. I just, right. I, I was still in school then. You were in college um, or high school. Yeah, I was, uh, in college. I was okay. a freshman. All right. But anyway, the Bernie, the Bernie brigades don't have enough 
they just don't have enough people. And I think that the federal government and, and the state of Wisconsin understand that Bernie doesn't get the nomination. They've got to be on guard. They have to be alert because nuts could do nuts. Stuff. Yeah. I don't anticipate that happening. Hmm. I don't. I just think that in this day and age, with all of our training for terrorism and the way the authorities now provide security, it would be almost impossible. Might be an isolated incident or two, but I, I could not imagine that there's going to be a mass demonstration that turns mm. violent. Well, that would be nice. That would be nice. Um, you always listen to me back because when, when have I ever been wrong? Well, I don't know if I have enough. Let me let me respond the way Bernie Sanders did when asked to do his math. How long do you have, um, uh, Bill? Let me uh, let me take it to Super Tuesday. Um, yeah. First of all, with all the scare of coronavirus, do you yeah. do you fear that people will not come out and vote, and it could skew the? No. Okay. Um, how do you see Super Tuesday shaping up? What should we watch um, for? Yeah, I think Sanders will win most of the delegates, but he'll get pounded in the South. I don't think Sanders will take Texas. You know, the problem is Biden is so ridiculous. Um, Biden will win South Carolina, and in a normal uh, campaign, that would reignite him. Yeah. But he's so far detached from reality and oh cannot gosh. speak. I felt bad for him. Bill, did you feel like he was like if you were in his family, you would have saw that and, and said, Joe, we, we you should just bow out. I mean, it was it was actual. I felt sad performance from from Joe Biden. Listen, if you watch him and just watch him, here's the deal. Here's the deal that in fact, the fact, the fact that he doesn't know what he's saying. It's not that he's making mistakes or stuttering. He doesn't That's know. not what's happening. Yeah. He does not know what's going to come out of his mouth. It's like Tourette's syndrome without the cursing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what he's presenting. And I understand in South Carolina, I haven't been down there this week, but I have people down there. When he does his little rallies um, and people show up, he's the same way. He's basically running around the stage going, Here's the deal. Here's the deal. But he doesn't put together coaching sentences. Mm. So I don't see him, all right, mounting a counteroffensive that's going to knock off Bernie Sanders. What I do see is that many Democrats are starting to fear Sanders. Yeah. They are listening to the Obama crew. This is all coming out of the Obama crew. It, Hillary Clinton and Clintons, too. But they're not nearly as powerful as the Obama crew is. If you get Rahm Emanuel going on Colbert, this was the big signal to everybody. Colbert is a shill, a hack. He does what he's told to do by the Democratic Party. All right? He has Rahm Emanuel sitting there, no tie on. Emanuel uh, sitting there with his legs splayed. Uh, saying, you can't elect Bernie Sanders. Now, he got no ink because nobody watches Colbert, got no publicity. When I saw that, there's no way on earth Rahm Emanuel, all right? Yeah. Obama's, one of Obama's top guys. Wow. Would have ever done that. Yeah. 
if it had not been discussed. Yeah. All right, Bill O'Reilly from BillOReilly.com. We'll talk to you next week. We might even want to just check in with you on Wednesday to get your thought on the uh, primaries. Uh, sure. But, uh, can I just real quick? Yep. Uh, I'm going to be live on BillOReilly.com Tuesday night during right after the polls close, 9 p.m. Eastern. And on Wednesday, I'm going to put it down. I'm going to check in with you. Okay. Um, but we want everybody, if you want honest coverage, and I mean that, I mean this. If you want honest coverage of a very important election and the virus, go to The Blaze, go to BillOReilly.com. Thank you very much. Live Tuesday night, Super Tuesday. This is the best of the Glenn Beck Program. You know, if there's one city that really understands capitalism and how to make <laughs> markets work, I would say it's Washington D.C., wouldn't you? I mean, the, oh, absolutely. Yeah, the 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 only city in America that's actually run by Congress. So you know, there's no <laughs> corruption. You know, they don't ever have a crack smoking mayor. Mayor, and when they want to put in, you know, services for the people, they make all the right decisions. Right. Oh, they always do. Yes. Yeah, and it's, yeah. it's all just free competition. Capitalism mm-hmm. at work here in Washington. <laughs> no DC. cronyism. Uh, There's, you know, because no. I'm sick of that cronyism stuff. Right. And yeah. so <laughs> here's the most Democratic city I think you could find uh, run by Democrats and Congress. And what mm-hmm. have they done? What have they done lately? Well, this is one of those cities uh, that has all of the scooters everywhere, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. motor, you know, like the electric scooters. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people would know some of the names like, you know, uh, you know uh, Lime and, and uh, you know, Bolt and Razor and Bird. And there's a, there's a million different ones. Mm-hmm. And you can't, we, can't, we were here, you know, a few weeks ago and they're just, you know, they're, they're all over the place. I mean, they they are all over the city. If you want to take a scooter to go from one place to another, it's very easy to do. And it's a good There's thing. There's a lot of different competition. There's a lot. It's a big walking city. I mean, the the mall itself, which if you've never been, the mall is not like the shopping mall, uh, which I thought it was when I was 18 years old. Uh, <laughs> I can <may laughs> tell that story real quick. Outdoors. Let me just tell you that story yeah, sure. real quick. I'm 18 years old. I'm going, uh, I've lived in Seattle my whole life. I've never seen a city with a beltway in it. I've never, I've never been out of Washington state except on vacation when I was like six. Uh, and so I, I go to the East coast. I go to Washington, DC. I'm only there for like 24 hours. All right. But I come on the day of the biggest snowstorm in like 10 years. So everything is shut down. So I'm in this job on interview and I'm trapped at the job interview. I'm not kidding. Trapped at the job interview. And they look at me like eight hours after sitting in the lobby. And they're like, hey, you can go on the air, right? And I'm like, what? They're like, yeah, none, none, of, our, none of our hosts can come. Uh, can you just go on the air? And I'm like, uh, uh, yeah, I guess. So I have no idea what I'm even talking about. I'm there, you know, doing closings and live stuff. I'm 18 years old. I've never been in. I, I don't I know nothing. I'm on the air. It, they finally get the station back to, you know, normal operating. And so I'd been there for three days. I smell like junk. It's just me and another guy. Um, and so the program director, after they opened the road, said, well, you can't leave without 
seeing at least the mall. And I'm like, I'm seeing it to myself, dude, I've been to a mall before. Maybe see the monuments. What the hell is wrong with you? And I get down to the mall and he's like, here it is. And I'm seeing the monuments and I'm like, oh man, is America not the greatest place in the world? We've built a mall underneath the monuments. What a moron. <laughs> anyway, you didn't say any of this out loud, though. I didn't say any of this out loud. Thank God. Well, let me just I, say that could this. happened on the air. Yeah. What? Could, you're lucky you didn't give an update about the mall on the air. Yeah. That been well, a real something disaster. like that did happen later, but I don't need to go into it right now. Anyway, so uh, the scooters uh, in the mall. It's a good idea to have them in Washington because it's a, a it's a long way to walk. Yeah, you look like an idiot on them, but they are pretty convenient. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, it lets you just get around and, and you have to basically, you know, uh, have a bunch of you have to be signed up to a bunch of different apps, honestly, because there's so, so many different companies trying to do this. Everybody's going for market share. Everybody has venture capital on this. They have plenty of money behind it. So there's all these companies that come up and they won't, they go for permits. Now, of course, you have to have permits, right? So the D.C., you know, they go through the whole process and they give a permit to jump, lift, skip and spin those four get the permits but the four companies that don't get the permits are bird lime bolt and razor now no one can seemingly figure out why on earth those companies didn't get the permits and the others did they wound up announcing they had a 198 point scoring system you know this is this is not bureaucracy at all 198 point scoring system and decided to just limit uh, how many they were going to give away so Bird, Lime, which are two of the biggest ones, Bird and Lime, and then Bolt and Razor did not get their permits. So now they have to, they've had these things on the streets for a long time. They have to all pick them up and get them all off the streets by April 1st because they no longer have the ability to operate in the city. One of the companies that they gave the permit to, which is Skip, <laughs> they've been having this minor issue with a bunch of their scooters catching on fire. Uh, but that was but not in the scoring the system. Permit. That was not in the scoring <laughs> yeah. system. Hey, does your scooter catch fire? Uh, not, not there on the scoring system. Otherwise, we could have knocked asked. points off, but it, it's not there. It's not on the form. Can't help you. Blame the scoring system. Don't blame stupid. us. This but you came up with a scoring system. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it really is uh, anti, you know, it's like it's instead of just having a real competition where, you know, it's not these this venture capital doesn't last forever these companies go out of business and they will and and the best you know whoever has the best stuff will sort itself out but instead of that they've decided to block half of the competition out of the process which will of course hurt the people who wait 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 uh, you know i just thought of something can you stop for a second can you give this last part after the can you please give me the bernie sanders theme i have a new bernie sanders theme i think this is Mm. important as you tell this story just there you go. Turn up a little bit more, please. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Now very, tell us, tell nice. us about how this new yeah. capitalist system works there in Washington D.C. Very badly. Capitalism <laughs> is terrible, right? And it's hurting people, and it's, it's catching riders on fire. And Super that's, Tuesday that's, going to be know ex- that. Yeah. Super Tuesday going to be extra extra supered this year. <laughs> Comrade Sanders comes into office very soon with guns in bullets, and I guarantee his guns will have a capacity of more than seven rounds. Congratulations, America. Now let's get these stupid scooters off of our streets of this great democracy. All right, stop. All right. 
Uh, let me see. Is there anything else? I just theme. Huh? You it's like a that theme? theme? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I got them for all the candidates now. Would you like to hear them? Uh, can I give the sure. give me the mini mic? This is the Mike Bloomberg theme. Uh. <laughs> That's nice. So I know you have anything for mini mic. Uh, can you give me Can you give me the Elizabeth Warren theme, please? It's the Elizabeth Warren campaign theme. Uh, and by the way, I do not while it still has value. Yeah, she cannot play this uh, at any of her, you know, uh, ceremonial gatherings uh, because this original music and I'm not going to license it to her. Uh, and one more. And I thought this was a pro. We really struggled thinking, you know, what is the what should the Pete Buttigieg theme sound like? I mean, if you were describing to a composer and he said, Glenn. What does Pete Buttigieg, what does his theme sound like? How would you, dis- how would you, what would, where would you have that composer starts to? Um, by ignoring your email? <laughs> right. It's probably, a, no, here's, here's what I told him. I said, look, he's a white guy, not popular with the black community. I think we have to hippen him up. And, you know, if I'm working on his campaign, I need him to sound really cool in a white sort of way for the black community. And so here's the Pete Buttigieg theme song. Based on the '70s black exploitation kind of thing, and which I think sure. Pete Buttigieg and the Democratic Party, I think that's what they're doing. Uh, so I thought this was appropriate. I mean, just think. Hi, I'm Mayor Pete, and I could be your nifty president. I'm just like you, except not at all. Sure, your preachers might be saying, "Don't vote for Mayor Pete." But I'm down with it, homie. Pete Buttigieg. I'm that guy, and I approve this message. I think it works. I think it works. And with that kind of music, I think he (laughs) takes South Carolina by storm. The Blaze Radio Network. On demand.